0: Courtside Club is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesars Rewards. Must be 21 or older. All right, you guys, before we
1: jump into this week's episode, I do want to send some love and hope to Damar Hamlin and his family during this very difficult time from myself, Omaha, ESPN, and our Courtside Club family. We are keeping Damar in our thoughts and praying for a full recovery. What's up, you guys? I'm Rachel Demita, and welcome to The Courtside Club. I hope that you guys had an awesome holiday and a great start to the new year. I honestly can't believe that we are already over halfway through season one of Courtside Club, 33 episodes down, and so many more to go. I want to thank all of you guys who have supported the show and tuned in every single week. Honestly, it means the world to me because I've had so much fun on this show, and we have so much more for you guys. And for today's episode, we are taking a trip down memory lane with some of our best moments from the season so far. I hope you guys enjoy it because this one was super fun to put together. So, who are your starting five NBA players of all time?
2: Positionless, positionless.
1: Positionless, yeah. No
2: doubt. So, Magic and Isaiah. This
1: is your fab five. Yes,
2: exactly. NBA. So, it's, it, it's got to be, it's good. Gun- Here's the team
1: Jeez. Are we getting him in trouble for a third time?
2: <laughs> So, Magic, okay. Isaiah, Jordan, Bird, okay. Fifth, El Capitan, Kareem. Okay, that that that's my all-time five.
1: It's a unique and, list, I have to say.
2: And by the way, like you can hate me and or hate my list, but when you really break down the history of the game, like all of them is top twelve of all time.
1: Logan pretty much tore everything in his knee.
2: Yeah.
3: He, so it's basically the meniscus that, okay. that's messed up. Uh-huh. But regardless, like um, he told me before I came on the show today, and I hadn't even known this yet, that they are, um, they're going to have to amputate the leg. <laughs> okay. Completely.
1: Very interesting. Mm-hmm. That would be tough.
3: It's it's not it's not ideal news, but I think he's going to continue to wrestle in the WWE. He told me he was going to be going under a new. He was going to. Ev- he told me he was going to evolve to a pseudonym. Um, I think it was Captain Jack IHop or something okay. like that. It was going to be, it's like a pirate-based pseudonym. You guys he heard it gonna here take. first. So he wanted me to share that with you guys before anyone else. So okay. this is a courtside exclusive. Like courtside No one has this info.
1: Captain,
3: what's ca- that? Captain Jack IHOP.
1: <laughs> Captain Jack IHOP. Yeah. Uh, After the amputation, we'll be adding a wooden peg. Correct. Yes, a peg leg.
3: Correct. Which is going to make his frog splashes a little bit more difficult. But I think (laughs) it'll be more dangerous. I think he'll be able to pull it off. I want to ask you though.
1: I was always nervous until I got to warm ups and I saw everybody else, and then
4: I was like, Oh wait, I'm good.
1: (gasps) Is that how you felt? No, I was still nervous.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I have freaking Tiffany Haddish. No, no, nothing against her. She's an awesome, like, freaking awesome person. But you know. That's not her field. That was not her field. Oh, yeah, and that. I was still nervous, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was just doing some warm-ups with her and stuff like that. And she was, you know, playing defense. And I'm still over here like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This <laughs> is like, I'm really Wait, about I think to play
1: I this saw, game. I think I saw that clip of mm-hmm. her guarding you. Yes. And yep. with her little yeah, defensive her hands.
4: And- yeah, I was still nervous. Though. It was just like, it's just a different, it's a different world. It's a different audience it's yeah the lights camera action is just completely different i mean i've played in front of twenty thousand people it's more of a performance than it is of like it was just different i don't know how yeah. to explain it it's For just sure. you you know it's just, it's know, just different yeah. but i know there's a lot of
1: ego too
4: yes i went into halftime and i was vlogging it and i was just like coach i don't understand why you're not putting me in the game because i was in like Who two minutes coach? um shriek i don't know his name <laughs> Who was my coach? <laughs> no, no. Was, was it, he was, was like it? an NBA guy, no. I was with Dominique, Dominique, Dominique.
1: Dominique Wilkins? He's not playing you a lot because you didn't even know his name. That's
4: <laughs> Sorry. Don't tell everybody that. Bill Walton and Dominique Wilkins, Jesus. Was it? Yeah. That's what I tried to tell you it was. <laughs> okay. I told you that. It was yeah, Dominique yeah, you did. did. I just wasn't listening. That's my bad. <laughs> I, was <laughs> like, I was like, I'm over here trying to communicate. Rachel, you're just not listening to me. <laughs>
1: commercial bait to do. I'm just kidding. Um, no, that's awesome. Well, yeah. so I was, I was like, NBA oh. legend coaching you. Mm-hmm. But oh <laughs> This is why Krista is not in the NBA yet. <laughs> Oh, we be like funny. that sometimes, you yeah. know. They yeah. almost like in, for me. you're practicing too much to pay attention to like what's going on in television. You know? you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I actually have a story about him, though. What? So the last game that I played in in Atlanta. So the the Final Four celebrity. Mm-hmm. You should play in it. By the way, I'll tell the guys. Like you I should do know. that one. It would be so much fun. Plug. Yeah, she's coming next time. So Shaq is always my coach. I've played in it, like, six years. And then it's either, like, Dominique Wilkins or Mm -hmm. Charles Barkley. So last year it was Mm -hmm. Dominique Wilkins. Oh. He didn't put you in the game? He was the other coach. Okay. So I'm in the game, and I get the ball, and it's in front of his bench. And he said, oh, let her shoot. He said, let her shoot, let her shoot. Say less. I was like, I've never heard that ever in my life. Mm -hmm. Every time I get the ball, it's like, shoot her, shoot her. Right, right, right. And I talked to him after because I said, Hold on, I have a bone to pick with you. I've never once heard anybody ever say, Let me shoot He was like, Oh I knew I saw you warming up. He's like, I was just trying to get in your head.
4: Mm. Uh, did oh, did it work? it worked.
1: <laughs> like, <'cause laughs> Dang! I, I remember being so rattled. I was like, are you kidding me? Did you Dang. Just say that? Yeah. So I guess so we nice. both have a bone to pick with Dominique. Right. Yeah. yeah.
4: He tried to pull that card. Oh, you're my secret weapon. I said secret weapon to when.
1: Oh god. Or in the second half. <laughs> when you are somebody who Obviously your life with Jared is such a big part of your life, but at the same time you've had, you've created your own career and you have so much success in in your own right. And it's not like you're on social media shoving it in everybody's face. Exactly. About your fiance, you know? So. It's um, funny. So when I was shooting Sports Illustrated this last year, I was in Barbados and there was this video of me that went viral, the Lions had their first win. And that comment section, the whole thing was like, if she really was a fan, she would have been at the game. And it's Seriously? like, dude, I can't win because if I was at the game, they'd be saying, you're a gold digger, all you're doing is following, on, like following right. your boyfriend around. So you really can't win if you're at the game, you're too invested, that's your whole life. If you're right. not there, you're not supportive. Right. So as women, it's like, it's impossible to win because right. they're always gonna say something you're doing is wrong. So is this the re- the last reality stunt for you?
5: Um, I think I have, like, one season of, like, being The Bachelor and then I'm good for after Really? <laughs> no, yeah. You want to be The Bachelor?
1: <laughs> no. Wait, aren't, are you not in a relationship?
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once this is over. <laughs> I,
1: I mean, wasn't going to ask gonna about dating and then he brings that. up I mean, The Bachelor. No, I'm just kidding. Gonna,
5: we're never going to break up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless The Bachelor wants to <laughs>
1: <laughs> She'll understand. She can just wait. Honestly, that makes for a great story as you're leaving. Yeah. You know, when they always have some sort of scandal. Like, somebody had yeah. a girlfriend or
5: boyfriend who yeah i've actually got like a wife and kids about. and a mortgage and then i mean i like wouldn't go, go that far but like <laughs> you know
6: <laughs> russell westbrook is one of the best players in the league okay i will say that he had a bad season and by bad season i mean 18 8, 8 or whatever
5: that was
1: no i'm a big fan of russell like the thing i don't understand about him is like you can hate him again if you go back to just like I guess what some would consider cocky, but to me that's like sports, so it's yeah. it's weird to like be turned off by that. Mm-hmm. But Russell, it, even if he is missing every single shot, he gives a hundred percent on the court, like literally every minute when he is in, and I don't think you could say that about any other player in the NBA who yeah. literally at all times leaves everything on the
6: court. Absolutely, and
1: he also. Has the only time that he's ever been disrespectful to to media or whatnot is when somebody is disrespectful to him towards him first. Yeah. So it's kind of weird to me. Like you can maybe say, "Oh, I don't like his style of play," or it's whatever. But to hate him when he really is like giving all he's got is hmm. is bizarre to me. I think it was, and like even a, from the media standpoint
6: as well. I think it was a media hit job on him. It feels like that.
1: It really <laughs>
7: feels <Westbrook> like...
1: The conspiracy. <laughs> it really feels that way. Where did the catchphrase, let's get right... That is your phrase. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if I can say it without
8: getting it Well, you can't.
9: Wrong. And No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. So what, what, uh, what happened was back in the 82, 83, 84 when I started, the ring announcers... They were all like sort of like pals with the commissioners. You had a guy in California, you had a guy in New York, and and they were all part of the local commission. So they would introduce the entire boxing commission, uh, you know, for the the state. Now, just imagine going to an NFL game and before the game, somebody introduces the entire front office of the NFL. You know, you just killed the crowd. Right. So in boxing, we're in that uh, electronic era where the fighters come with the music and it's exciting and it's the main event and everybody, and the fans are, that's what they've been waiting for. And then the ring announcer introduces this belt sanctioned by the New Jersey State Athletic Control Board, boxing commissioner, chairman, four board members. Oh my God, I mean, you're just uh, three doctors, four doctors, a timekeeper, three judges. You see where I'm going? Mm-hmm. You've wiped out all that atmosphere. So I Because wanted this is
1: between the walkout and them Fighters correct. come into
9: the ring, the music stops, and the yeah, ring announcer... Yeah, I can't
1: even imagine what that would oh, be like just, if you had a whole stop. Just right, kills the crowd. Kills the crowd. yeah.
9: So I wanted that 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 feeling you get at the Indy 500 when that little old lady... I, actually, I did the opening introductions for the Indy 500 once, and then for the... That line, gentlemen, start your engines, where everybody goes, that's, that's the line. That's the moment. Yeah. <laughs> but they have, uh, at that time, it was like, a, oh, I guess she's probably my age now. But a, a little old lady came out, and she actually had it written down, gentlemen, start your engines. And gentlemen, start your engines. But still, everybody went crazy because it's what they want to hear. It means the right. race is going to start. So I wanted gentlemen, start your engines, that that type of catchphrase. Yeah. And I tried, uh, and now, ladies and gentlemen, fasten your seatbelts in. Nothing's happened. (laughs) Man, your battle's no, that wasn't gonna work. And the (laughs) the greatest of all times, the greatest of all times, Muhammad Ali. And you can see this on YouTube and everything where before uh, the fight or weigh in, and he would just say, I'm so pretty, I'm running up and down mountains, I'm chopping wood. Let's get, you know, uh, I'm ready to rumble, rumble, young man, rumble. So I started saying, let's get ready to rumble. And it wasn't anything like you hear today. It was, you know, I would say, let's get ready to rumble 10 rounds of boxing. And I just, because I I wasn't actually, I wasn't trying to bring attention to myself, but I was trying to do something to let people know we're we're going to, it's the main event. Right. And uh, I stayed with it. And I I think that was a smart move.
1: Originally, my role in the series. So I, I did one episode with you where we first met or whatever. Episode
6: nine, by the way. Y'all go, go check that. You were in... I did
1: two episodes with you.
6: I think it's Spider-Man.
10: The first
1: one, I was with my friends. remember playing ball. And we met. And you were not Spider-Man. You were in your... Peter Parker. In your Peter Parker outfit. Yeah. And we were at the park. It was windy or whatever. And I Clarita. was shooting. So then the second episode is where you saved me as Spider-Man.
6: Right. Yeah. And, and then,
1: But then you broke up with me, right?
6: Yeah, we broke yeah. up. Okay. This all happened in the same... Yeah, so I think it's Spider-Man basketball episode nine. And then you're on the very last one. Yes. It's like... 11. Yes. I think we went to 11.
1: Okay, but I have a bone to pick with you because I was supposed to die off. Oh. Do you remember? You told me I was going to die.
6: Oh, we said potentially. I don't think we went that route. Like, sorry, you didn't get that.
1: That's what I'm saying. I <laughs> wanted to. You. Were, I was like, man, this is my like acting debut. Got you, I yeah. get to die as Gwen Stacy. I get to get dunked on and it just takes me out.
6: We did talk about that. I no. got
1: cut from the Spider-Man series.
6: No, basically what happened was... <laughs> The video stopped doing as good, but I think also we kind of like got, we deep dove into story and it's really like, it was all about hooping, you know what I mean? So like we deep, t- deep dove to-
1: Listen, I'm joking. I wouldn't have oh. had you on the court <laughs> side club if I was really that pissed, but I feel like that would have been dope. So maybe there's just like this side, like three minute episode. Maybe they know? want us to
5: bring it back. You know what I mean? So we might have to consider right? that. I don't know. We'll consider it. All right. Magic was the first and only person that ever owned a Starbucks. Uh, Multiple. So when I was like maybe 10, 11 years old, my dad went to Magic and said, um, we'd love for you to be our partner and build a series of Starbucks in low-income areas in South Central Los Angeles. Watts, Inglewood. So I think he did like 8, 10, 12, something like that. And they're, to this day, like some of the most successful Starbucks. Because basically, no companies would go into these neighborhoods. No retail stores. And when yeah. Starbucks went in, it set the table and all of them went. Especially because Magic endorsed it. right? And they were, they've were they been enormously successful. And actually, that's, that's a Shaq story, too. Did you ever hear that one?
1: No, you didn't. You, you, we started okay. there. Then we backtracked.
5: This is your pod. I'm taking over here. Yeah,
1: go for it. So, At least I'm not being interviewed.
5: Well, I can flip it. <laughs> no, please <you> know? don't. <laughs> so, so Shaq, uh, before Magic or simultaneously my pop went to Shaq and asked him the exact same question and he oh, okay. was prime Shaq cuz this is like 2000 this is like amidst their 3 threepeat yeah. and he's in LA and he wanted to do the same thing in South Central LA and Shaq was like black people don't drink coffee because where he was from mm-hmm. that's he had never seen it yeah. and that's literally what he he told my dad he was like we, i'm not i never seen i never seen anybody of color drink coffee uh the answer is no and so every time <laughs> he sees me now he's like I, I hate myself. Like <laughs> right. I could have been one of the greats, you know, like Magic, like Shaq, Howard. He's and, and he's always like because he's
1: such a businessman. Shaq. He is. didn't. He didn't.
5: He, he only. Right. He didn't buy into it. Right. And so he couldn't support it. Right. He is a businessman. Right. But he So didn't I'm saying now he's
1: kicking himself because yeah. he's
5: like. Oh, it would have been yeah. substantial. It would have been yeah, massive. Yeah. Whenever I'm drinking a Starbucks around him, he's just like, what? What got away? What could have been?
1: It's the best time of the year. The football playoffs are upon us. Basketball and hockey are in full swing and nothing beats seeing your favorite team live. Make up for lost time and go enjoy a game. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $10 off your first $100 ticket purchase with code COURTSIDE. That's code COURTSIDE. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, life happens live.
2: Vince Carter was Instagram living all the time Mm -hmm. and that's my hero pretty much and he was like oh he saw me like in there he was like Chuck what's up man he was like jump on and he like jumped on the live and he was like telling people he's like you know this is the goat right here people call me the goat but this is the goat and I was like Vince Carter's calling me the goat right (laughs) now that's so cool and I'm like trying to screen record (laughs) himself yeah didn't get it but I was like man
1: did you even know that he knew who you were no that's cool. I had no idea. That's so cool. Yeah,
2: I was like the. I was just like, man. And I remember, I like called my brother. I was like, Vince Carter, just go. Don't go to whatever. And then That's so cool. Now I'm supposed to play golf with him, and I lied to him and told him I was good at it. In trouble,
1: oh my god <laughs> Wait, how long do you have before no, you're gonna play golf? No, with actually, because... no actually,
2: I'm getting kind of good now because oh, this okay, was go. during covid He was like, Yeah, man, I gotta make it down to Naples, there's a cor- course down there I'm trying to play. Man, if he <laughs> sees this, my bad, man. It was just, he was like, Well, he's like, We'll have some Dulce and play some golf. I was well, like, what man. are you
1: supposed to say if Vince Carter asked you I was to like, play yeah, golf? You're like, Obviously, immediately, <laughs> I was like, Yeah,
2: I'll. I'll you know, I'll kill you, man. And I've been then, practicing
1: like six hours a day I before liter- the game. I
2: literally, during COVID, I was going to the range like five days a week. And then <laughs> it was just so funny because he's, it was the same live and he was like, yeah. He was like, we'll drink some Dulce and, do the, and play golf. And I was like, yeah, I love that. And in my head I was like, hate Dulce, hate golf. <laughs> <laughs> no. But now I'm like, now I'm playing and stuff. I'm just waiting for the day.
1: Ronda Rousey is another mother in sure. WWE. <laughs> We can respect her for that but but we can't. Can. <laughs> How have you um, felt about her performances lately after transitioning back the last couple years from UFC back to
11: WWE? um I think she doesn't respect it as much as she should. I mean she's gone off on tangents um disrespecting the sport that I've given my life to that I love, that I obsess about and both of us have come back from um, having a child and one has come back better than ever and one has not. I am the one who's come back better than ever and I think that you need that respect for this business, that obsession for this business um, to be able to do that. I don't, I don't think that she um, puts as much work in, she doesn't put as much work in as I do, do and, and it shows.
1: What is the craziest thing that Coach K did whether it be in practice, that a story that we haven't maybe heard yet.
12: He did a lot of crazy stuff. Um, you know, he was he he would. There were times he would come into the locker room and have um, have something set up for us um, before a game we played. My freshman year, we were playing Louisville, and back then, Louisville they were, their nickname was the Doctors of Dunk, and they went to the Final Four that year and played in that iconic game with, with Faisal uh, slamma jamma in the, in the final four. And, you know, we had had some ups and downs during the course of the early season and, uh, all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're waiting for his pregame speech and the lights went out and we're like, what else is going to go wrong? Like now we have no power. And, uh, I mean, we immediately went to the negative to, uh, you know, we, we took a trip to negative town and all of a sudden <laughs> we see this flickering light coming down the hallway and and he's got a candle in front of his face so all you could see was his face in this pitch darkness and all he said was i came not to praise louisville but to bury them (laughs) and blew the candle out and all the guys started jumping up and you know screaming and then we ran out on the court and we had a great first half and then they kicked our (laughs) the second half Uh, so we lost the game and i don't that, that was the last time we saw the floating head candle thing
1: I need to know what athlete you think has the best acting chops that you've worked with.
12: Yo, the sickest is I Take mentioned it the before, out but, of I, but here,
1: though. we can't, use yeah. But I don't
9: really look at Dwayne like an athlete. I mean, he is obviously he's an,
1: so I when know I was he's a kid. best. he played
9: football, he's a wrestler. I know he's an you athlete. You liked
1: him for that, like, yeah. You I look at Dwayne as like, like a,
9: a global brand, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like, I have a hard he's time not. going like, he's an athlete. But, um, Alvin Kamara was the craziest thing because we were there. Me, Alvin, Omar Benson Miller, getting ready to shoot the scene. And I was like, yo, does somebody have mini sides for Alvin? And he was like, nah, I don't need him. And I was like, he's like, I'm off book. Like, and I thought he was kidding. I thought he was kidding. And I was like, he's like, man, I don't show up on a Sunday for a game without knowing the playbook. And he knew every line and he crushed it.
1: What is the most wild moment or thing that has been said that we didn't get to see in that final cut. <laughs> you got to let us under the hood a little bit.
13: You mean in that episode or just in, in general? The sh-
1: in the show in general. I know that there's something because I have also been around Shaq for many of years. Yeah, And we hear him on the sideline. Um, He says some wild stuff.
13: <laughs> yeah, a lot of times when uh, the feed is bad or... When the, his headphones aren't working or his microphone isn't working, he has some uh, some funny things to say to the producer, and uh, <laughs> 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 we 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 are on the second season, and he just not, I mean we shoot this show every week, and he's just now getting the producer's name right. <laughs> he called them. <laughs> his name is Donzell. Shaq been calling him Don-Trell, Denzel, uh, don uh, everything Montel, everything but Donzell, which Good is his guy. name. So <laughs> it, is, it is hilarious.
8: How
1: did you and Jalen meet? How did this show that has now been going for over 10 years, how did it come about?
14: Great question actually two different answers to one question. We met in the bathroom of Stroker's, a gentleman's club in Atlanta. And um, it was one of my first foyers into the um, Atlanta gentlemen's club experience. It's very different, it is very much a hang, it's very much a code situation, a lot of food focused. And uh, I was there with my friend, and uh, wasn't the most diverse crowd, and uh, Dave Chappelle was there, and at some point, like the guy, the DJ was like, "Dave Chappelle's in the building." And, like everybody cheers and gets all excited. And this is a long time ago. Like this is 2004. And uh, and Dave Chappelle was there, and they gave Dave Chappelle the mic, and I think they expected him to like, like do like a, "Hey, I'm Dave Chappelle. This is amazing. Love Strokers." Like they expected him to like be nice. He gets on the mic. He goes, "Where are my wings?" <laughs> I guess his wing order was like delayed. Yeah. So he did like he did like two minutes just roasting the establishment on how long their wings take to get to his table in classic Dave Chappelle like like mode. And then it, it, one trip to the bathroom, Jalen was there, and like you know you, you can't like talk to another person while you're at the urinal or whatever. So like we were like washing our hands, and I just had to like introduce myself and say what's up. And then you know eight years later, um, he proposed doing a podcast for Grantland um, to Bill Simmons, who was running Grantland. And myself, who was in charge of audio and video at Grantland. And um, we had a call meeting about it. And um, I was like, so, Jalen, like, we'll do a pilot. Because you always want to do a pilot. You don't want to, like, give someone a podcast that you can't take back. Mm -hmm. Podcast producers listen. And I was like, we're going to do a pilot. Like, is there someone that you played with or, like, someone you grew up with that you want to do it with? Like, who do you want to do this with? And, like, it was quiet for a second. he goes, what? You don't want to do it? And then he proposed that he wanted to do it with me. And uh, I thought I would just do the pilot and we'd eventually replace me with that spot. And now we're 11 years later and that spot was never replaced.
10: Here
1: you are sitting in the studio now. That's dope.
14: Here I am. Steeler Nation is different
15: because it's a generational thing. Like go to Walmart or Target. You know, you from you from, <laughs> you, you. know how it is. Yeah. You're going to see a baby to an 85-year-old lady to some dude that looks like a substitute teacher all wearing Stealer jerseys. Yeah. And throughout the city of Pittsburgh on a Friday, maybe Thursday, the city is dripped in black and gold. And it just is what it is. So you're it's it's I say I, I say it all the time. Being a stealer is like being a part of a religion. It's it's definitely like a cult. It's it's like not even a question. Like I remember one time I was on IR and I think we had like an afternoon game. It was like a 425 game. I had went to the one o'clock service and literally the services like going on and I can the padre was like "A, hey, it's close to game time last wrap it up to the con- congregation <laughs> and everybody was like amen
1: <laughs> <laughs> out the <door. laughs>
15: out the door and i was just like looking around like <laughs>
1: so good
15: and it was straight like that yeah. like and people were just out of there and everybody
1: and was on board was everybody yeah. like
15: it, this one lady was like yeah I got my greens on girl I said we gotta go watch the Steelers and I remember watching this one, this one dude was like yeah I gotta get to the grill like it's it's a day man <laughs> and on Thursday you would see RVs and trailers people already out there for a Sunday game on yeah, Thursday cool. and that parking lot would be slammed with people and I'd be like oh is a concert coming to town I was like no I remember one dude was like you are the constant. we drove he's like we drove from Kentucky we gonna we go spend our weekends here and so
1: like the beatles in pittsburgh yeah, but at all times even in little Trobe,
15: like training camp people only like on their time their vacations like oh we're going to the to vacation for three days watch steelers we don't get back in the rv and we are gonna go home that's that that's, that, cool. that's people's vacation time yeah. so it's wild
0: all right, people, we're brought to you by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. See, it's not just about the daily promos, odd boosts, or the hundreds of ways to wager. It's about the immortal words of Caesar himself. You bet you get with Caesars Rewards. Every bet you place on the app, no matter the outcome, earns towards exclusive perks at Caesars Rewards destinations everywhere. Hotel stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. Download the Caesar. Caesars sportsbook app become a Caesars Rewards member today and get more with every wager. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700.
1: When Tom Brady leaves when LeBron leaves, when Serena Nadal, you know, who is next? So it'll be interesting to see.
16: I think you'll have a, Joe Burrow will be a good move okay. for you. Yeah, yeah. I think Joe Burrow is going to be fun. You know, he's not going to um, Johnny Menzel it. He's going to come through. <laughs> <laughs> he will not <laughs> this up like Johnny Menzel. I'm so excited about that. Our Browns, ben. man. <laughs> he had it. He had it all. He did have it He was going to be the one. Um, I think you'll have a moment. I think Shaq's son is going to do the s- same thing that his dad did. Sharif. Sharif. Where he's going to awesome brand kid. himself the right way. And he's going to do that because his dad has done it better than anyone Anybody. else. N- minus Snoop Dogg. For some reason, Snoop Dogg's man- b- branding people. But did you
1: hear Snoop on uh, Impulsive, I think it was, when he was saying that he's trying to get to the level of Shaq? Because he thinks Shaq is the only one who's done it better than him. It's wild. It's neck and neck. It's neck and for neck. Sure, it's yeah. like
16: super wild. But like... Shaq has figured out a way to do it, and I think he's going to m- not only make Sharif do it, but he's going to show him the way.
1: I found the clown mask, by the way. Oh, really? The clown mask is over there on the couch. Oh, my gosh. Manny's going to grab it for me. You guys, I have to show you this clown this mask. Became- Did this you was- ever
17: put it on on the show? Like after, I know obviously you took the hostage, but did you ever put, did you ever bring it back? Because so I wore it during one of my um,
1: your outfits of the day. My outfits of the day. So guys, this how I know this one was mine. Look at my makeup. Like this is oh. my lip. This was my mask. I might take this as a souvenir if there's like any room in my suitcase. But look at how terrifying this is, please. Like, it's terrifying.
17: I think we should have. More, when I said, I meant on the show, like on the stage.
1: Oh, we, yeah. I think yeah. we should
17: have done it on the <laughs> we stage.
3: <should> have.
1: <laughs> it's so good. Anyway, uh, yeah, we pranked the contestants one night. I, I did it with some of the other face staff members, and it was really
18: fun. What needs to be done to make the contest better?
1: The dunk contest? Yes.
18: What is the solution?
1: I think the young kids need to prepare a little bit better. Think about it. If those young guys would have made the first dunks that they were throwing down, it would have been a whole different. It would have been a great dunk contest. Am I wrong?
18: No, you're right. Yeah. The dunks were sick. The dunks were great. They just
1: weren't prepared to hit them on the first try or there was nerves or there was something else. You ready for
18: this? Okay. Yo, what if (laughs) nobody chooses their dunks? They show up blind. They have no idea what's going to happen. And the NBA chooses the dunks for each round.
1: Do you think they're good
18: enough? All players have to do the same dunk and are judged on that dunk. That would be kind of fire. Like, okay, you have your four dunkers yeah. and the NBA shows a dunk. Maybe they show a dunk that someone's already done or maybe some, they show a dunk or say a dunk and everyone has to do it. And you get judged by who does the dunk the best.
1: So, but maybe it's something that a little bit more baseline where it's, it's maybe an East Bay that they show and then you can add your own you're Like, Oh, I can do between the legs dunk easy. I'm going to add it between like 360 and go for it. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yes. Because, okay. because it, it could be think something it, that was like too hard that, that somebody right. so couldn't I, actually execute it. But
18: I think that part of it would ensure the excitement because the NBA is going to choose a dunk that everyone can do. True. But then everyone's going to do it really, really good. You get what I'm saying? So let, let's, And then let's the just final
1: round is, your own dunk. is dunker's choice.
18: That would... There it is, there it is. We just figured it out. I'm not gonna lie, that actually would be fire. I'm not gonna lie, that would be fire. This is, this
1: is why you've been hired for a fifth time to cover and an All-Star for ideas like this. Adam Silver, if you're listening. Hey. Just let us know, we'll help you We'll help you coordinate it, we'll get Chuck on board, you can train the guys, we'll be ready to go. When I was prepping for this interview, yeah. I came across something so interesting okay. that I thought was amazing was you dancing at halftime. Oh, no. <laughs> but here's the kicker. I yeah. was like, why does this look so familiar? Yeah. I was at that game. You were at that game? I was at that game. Oh, my God. So for our courtside listeners, can you break it down? Yes. What went on during that halftime performance? I w-
19: so it was for this TV show Game On, which was like a CBS-like sports game show. It was me, Gronk. Uh, Venus Williams uh, and James Corden just four of the greatest athletes of all time and <laughs> one of our challenges was to learn from, from the Laker girls how to do like a a halftime Laker girls dance so Venus picked it up really quick for, I mean she's
1: oh she was sh- great star I mean
19: she's so sharp she's she, she's brilliant she's so smart so athletic Gronk and I worked with a dance instructor for Four hours behind the scenes trying to like nail all these dance was moves. Was it day of? It was, the, it was the day of. Okay. She came to the studio and then we went to, at the time, Staples Center. Uh, and up until the very last second, we were working on these dance moves. James Corden walks in because he's a Broadway guy, learned the entire thing in like 10 minutes and then was oh, really? having like a Perrier in the corner. It was <laughs> one of the most humiliating things of my life. And then I kept asking the producers. Oh, I'm so glad I get to set the record straight. Over and over again, I was like, is there any way I cannot wear Laker gear? Is there any way I can have, like, a Blazer shirt underneath this mm. where I pull off the Laker shirt? And at the end, there's, like, a pinwheel there. Right. No. Uh, they were like, you can't do it. You absolutely can't do it. At no point can you do it. So I do want people to know I had a Blazers T-shirt on underneath underneath, underneath the Laker gear, closer to my heart. Okay. Not for everybody in the crowd to see, not for Rachel Demeter to see, but for close to my heart where the Blazers live 24-7. So, wh-
1: have there been any NBA NBA guys that you've seen who maybe like when they first came to you naturally weren't the best or like still had room to grow, but because of their hard work you've seen them take off?
17: Yeah, I mean a ton of them. Um, but I mean like let's use Joel Embiid. I mean he's a guy that's seven foot one, two hundred and eighty pounds, and um, each year he's added to his game. Like right now, you know he's doing crossovers between the legs and he's playing like a guard. And I remember his rookie season, everybody was like. You know, oh, you're a center. You need to go, like, just, like, get as close to the basket as you can and just duck in and, you know, on on screen and roll, roll to the rim. And he was like, no, like, I, I know that I can be better than that. I know I can be more versatile than that. And so he's an example. Uh, Zach Levine. Zach Levine didn't play at UCLA. He was projected 29th in the draft. I'll never forget. He was projected 29th because I got the screenshots. Of all of these analysts saying, I don't know why Zach Levine thinks he's ready for the NBA when he's not even ready for college. You know, he's going to look great in a Main Red Claws, which is a G League team, jersey next season. And now Zach's a you know back-to-back All Star. Yeah. And we knew how good he could be, but it was just he had to put in the right work over time, and eventually he he proved to everybody how how special he truly is as a player.
1: So, how did the the Guinness World Record come about? That was what year was that?
8: A year and a half
7: ago
1: at least. okay so how did that come about which world record do you hold
8: i hold the world record for being the fastest man on two hands
1: what is the distance what's the 20 time?
8: meters and uh four points 4.7 seconds
1: 4.7 seconds yeah like how did you even know to i'm like okay this is a this is a record i want to break
8: Shoot, i was i was just filming content at redondo beach at this high school football field with the real deal squad and Craig and all the homies. And uh, I was like, I asked the video, I was like, yo man, I wanna record this video of me running. Cause I was like working on sprints, like, yeah. you know, conditioning stuff. And he was like, yeah. So like he sprinted right next to me as I took off. And next thing you know, we got hit up by Guinness. That was
1: dope. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they're like, hold on a sec. Can we come and film you and time
13: you?
8: Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. then next, you know, I'm in. I did. I'm at. My, I'm in Maslon, Ohio, uh, inside the indoor football facility, breaking a world record.
15: I get it. He wanted to go watch it. It's one of those things that you know what you are a kicker. You could probably get away with it, but it's just like being at work during the week. Probably not the best idea. You know, it's. I always tell kickers and punters when they get bored during the week at work just hide don't be don't let guys see you (laughs) laying around on a couch or playing a video game when we're going from meeting to meeting you know it's just best to lay low so I think his best option would have been to lay low in that situation or at least if he wanted to watch it hide in one of those little field suites where nobody would have seen him
1: right or get like the mascot's head or something yeah
15: something (laughs) you got you gotta lay low
1: Well, that is the fight, and I know you've heard it so much from the media, from the fans. Everybody wants to see it. You guys are both, you know, at the top of your game. Is it sometimes frustrating for you to hear the media put so much pressure on you to make this fight happen? Like, it's your job?
20: Yeah, it was. At one point, you know, it kind of was frustrating because I felt like everybody was pointing the blame at me when, you know, it takes more than just one side to make a fight. And I felt like I was the only uh, side pushing and trying to make a fight happen. But now I really don't care. Like they can <laughs> say whatever they want. They can, you know, they can scream till they blew in the face. Like it doesn't affect me. Like it's cool. I just block you. <laughs> <laughs> now you don't got no type of access to me. Like people literally wake up every morning thinking about Terence Crawford you know, Errol Spence and thinking about coming on my social media platform to, you know, try to bash me or say uh, all these things about me and, you know, now like, where I used to be like, it's not me, like, I want to prove that it wasn't me, like, now I just, you know, laugh at them because, you know, they stressing themselves out, you know, yeah. they beating themselves up for something that they not getting paid for something that they have no control over. So it's kind of funny to me now. I just be looking at them laugh like, look at these people. Like, You know, they they, they crazy. You're
1: yeah. living in their mind rent free.
20: Oh, definitely.
1: <laughs> what has been done in this past year to where you feel like optimistic with how the league is
7: trending and just how women's basketball is trending? Exposure. Exposure is the name of the game. And, like, just to briefly touch on what you say, a lot of times people speak on the WNBA without fully immersing themselves in it. Mm -hmm. Because if you immerse yourself in it, a lot of times the energy that we receive on social media or just through people's thoughts about it, that's not the same energy we get in person. And that's not the same energy. When I walked on the street, people were like, oh, wow, you're tall, you play basketball, (laughs) oh, you're a Sparks player, oh, I see you on ESPN. Like, it's all great positive energy, and why Mm -hmm. can't we keep that... The same um, where we have platforms, whether big or small. So I would say that like the trend is that our game is growing. Sports, women in sport, like it's it's the place that has opportunity to grow, which is really exciting.
1: Who is the GOAT of soccer? for yeah, you?
0: I mean, it could be
17: Pele, Maradona, Messi, Ronaldo. I think is kind of the, the the four that people will go between. But I I think Messi. Yeah, I mean, he's just like this little magician and he's just so unassuming, but just so brilliant. And uh, you know, he, he, he glides around the field with balance and poise and this incredibly humble guy off the field and just carries the amount of pressure that he does at all times. And yeah. I would love nothing more. This is probably gonna be <clears throat> Messi's last World Cup uh, this winter. Messi's last World Cup and Ronaldo's. And Messi has never won a World Cup. He's been in a final and lost. And I just think like it could be his year and if he lifts that World Cup, like just crown him the GOAT like unanimously. There's (laughs) not there's not even a debate at that point.
10: So we had basketball camp before we started filming and it was like two weeks or something. And I was like two weeks like I need more than that. Um, But yeah, we had basketball camp and I was like, yeah, definitely going to that. And so we would just like work on like form shots and then afterwards like we'd work on like plays that were going on in the script yeah and uh yeah i mean after so that So did was you do good. okay
1: as yeah. a basketball player mm-hmm. basketball camps did you have any conditioning did you have any like or was it strictly like okay let's stick to the script what's going to be in the script and do that
10: no 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 we would do conditioning too like we would okay. work on like form. so you ran line drills y- what's a line drill <laughs> <laughs> or like suicides no. why does it sound really
1: familiar I, well because i did play basketball but like so when you run you're from the baseline mm-hmm. to foul line and then back to baseline then half court line back to baseline free throw line on the opposite end back to baseline full court is you're touching all you're running right yeah and you're yeah, touching these yeah. with your feet and your hand okay and okay then, and then back
10: so we would do like from baseline to to half and then to the next baseline. But it wasn't like like slowly increasing. We're just like run if that makes sense. Like we're just
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. down and back.
10: Yeah, just down and back basically. Okay, got it. Yeah. No, it's
1: good that you skipped <laughs> yeah. that part because mm-hmm. like many of my years were spent doing suicides. Oh at my gosh. That's <laughs> yeah, no.
10: practice. Cuz I remember I used to do that actually yeah, yeah, yeah. for like when I actually played like yeah. middle school and it was hell. So, yeah. The fact that you do this for <laughs> years props to you. What's the best card
1: you own?
7: You know, I have some high grade uh, Derek Jeter rookies, some some Giannis stuff, some really fun tickets. But my best items, period. I, I have George Washington acknowledging that he was in debt in his mid twenties. The only other examples in the Smithsonian. I have. Wait, what is it? It's a handwritten document by Washington. It's a receipt for a bond. So,
1: <laughs> how do you get that?
7: I bought it in auction. Yeah. So the context on George. Oh, this is
1: like not my world, but it's so interesting. Yeah. So
7: George Washington was buying land in his mid twenties before he got more involved in politics and he bought more land than he could afford. So he had to sell bonds to friends to cover his debts. And okay. what I have is the full receipt of a bond that he was selling a friend for 16 shillings. I don't know how that factors into inflation, but it was a lot what? of money.
1: That's yeah, like so 16. funny.
7: And then I have, um, I have the highest graded Abraham Lincoln signature in the world on a document appointing the postmaster general, uh, I've Lincoln approving, uh, m- uh, you know, war movements during the Civil War. Yeah, I love that stuff.
11: And then the other thing that's tough is like, I'm also six foot tall and blonde. So when I go to like NBA games and I try to sneak in a camera or events, yes, I get I spotted can. really easy. Yes. I see so many guys that I know that are like shorter and they're like a little right. more discreet and they, they sneak in more camera equipment than I do. But if I'm trying to sneak in, it's like oh no this like tall girl right. like she's not supposed to be here right you stand so, out yeah so wait
1: what's the secret of sneaking in a camera i need to know this oh yeah
11: that's that's top secret oh, no okay. i mean it's just, like you're allowed to bring cameras in you just have to figure out like what lenses lenses right. you can bring in and stuff but there's like certain areas where you're not supposed to sit at and maybe i end up sneaking somewhere <laughs> um not just nba games like events in right. general i'm pretty good about sneaking around but i do get caught a lot easier Best NBA
1: dunker of all time.
19: Vince. Lord Vince. Lord Vince Vince, Vince, the Carter.
6: Without Vince, Vince. there's none of these these new guys. But, no, matter of fact, fact, no Vince. Matter of fact, don't do this. Matter of fact, bro. Matter of fact, bro. Vince Carter. Matter of fact, bro. They
1: say Vince Carter hands down. One foot guy,
19: don't do this. Vince Carter. Don't do this. Vince Carter. Not right now. Not at the club. Not at the Dorset Club. His name is Vincent Carter, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just gonna throw Vincent, it might not I be. used
6: to watch the top 100 Vince Carter dunks before every who dunk gonna, contest. Who are you
19: gonna put a, a, above him? If it's not, like what, Dominique, or?
16: It's Vince Carter.
6: Why do you say Vince is the best? Because of influence or act? Like real talk, because of influence? Or are we speaking on the actual dunks they can do? You're gonna Because go we're speaking relative. on actual dunks they can do, just point blank, period. Gonna dunks test. alone. Jay Rich is better than Vince in the dunk contest, dunks alone. And you won't lie to me and sit there and say he's not.
19: Okay, okay. No, dunks. No, no, What? Dunks what, only. What did you say? What did you dunks, say? I'm saying, Jay dunks Rich only. said, I hit that J, I hit that dunk under tweet and I tried it and I never hit that again. Consistency. He's not consistent. On his own, Jay Rich East Bay. We're just he listen, made that dunk he can't do it.
6: Vince Carter, ne- you'd never seen Vince Carter do another between the legs in his life after that until he was forty. He was
19: doing it when he was young with
6: the which is wild, That's wild. By the way. That That's <laughs> wild. By the what way. did you just But he 40? never did it again. So. Like you said, he never did it again until he got older. He was like, ah, I gotta see if I still got it, which is fine. But if we want to say if we're going Atlanta, off like old, if we're going hold oh, no. on if we're going off a of dudes dunking in their old age, Dr. J dumped every every birthday until he was seventy. So let's talk about that. Talk with to me, with the to me, bro, are we talking about influence or just dunking? Both. Answer me, this, Both. Vince, Vince Carter. Vince Carter. Vince Carter. Vince the the down. goat. No, Vince of Carter's NBA the goat. Vince, Vince, Vince Carter. Carter. Vince, Vince, style Vince Carter. Influence style made every kid. Attitude. Attitude. In- like literally when Jay Richardson. In game dunker. Only closer in game dunker would be Sean Kemp, and that's it's like Vince.
1: But I see, you know, it's this this country club that you have to dress yes. a certain way, look a certain way. There's a lot of even unspoken rules about. Yes, golf. definitely. So do, do you like that element of it or do you see it to where, you know, live golf came into mm-hmm. play and they're like, OK, you can wear shorts. now, yeah.
4: Right. So how do you feel? Um, I've always kind of been on the more, I guess, like live side of golf, like I don't think that there should be a specific way you have to dress. I mean, I understand like when you play a lot of sports, there is like an unspoken thing of like what you wear when you go do your sport. Like you're Mm -hmm. not gonna go running in heels. Like I I get that, you know? (laughs) But um, as someone who's always kind of been not accepted into the like stuck up world of golf, I've kind of, from that aspect, kind of been like an outsider looking in. Um, Because when I go to country clubs, even just as a girl, you know, Mm -hmm. in a sport like that, Um, there's certain country clubs where women are still not allowed to play there's certain ones where even if they are you're kind of looked down on yeah
1: um
4: so even from just being a girl you kind of see that which is which is tough yeah um but i definitely think there's a a elitist sort of way of thinking Mm -hmm. um when it comes to clothing you know if they see you dressed in a way they that's not typical golf you're kind of looked down on um doesn't matter what you do or where you're from
0: right i think
4: it's just like a It's like the culture of the game of golf that's kind of been the same for hundreds of years, you know, Mm -hmm. and they just don't know how to change it. Right.
21: And you look at players like Luca, who followed a similar trajectory, playing pro since he was 16 years old? And just to be real, I mean, as American hoopers, we feel like we've had this stronghold, you know, ever since the Dream Team in 92. But that stuff has started to dwindle. I just uh, watched the Redeem Team doc on Netflix. And it's hard to even remember or imagine a time when, you know, America wasn't this top dog in the scope of international basketball. And you look around the league now at who the top players in the league are, and it's a heavy, heavy international influence. So I think the rest of the world has put us all on notice that we got to get our stuff right, get back in the gym, put the work that needs to be put in. Because, you know, we've got a ton of, of homegrown American talent that's performing well in the NBA. But nowadays, you look at the Embiids, the Jokers, the Lucas, the Giannis, all these these, these names, like it, it's definitely, you know, I think Giannis did an interview the other day, assembled kind of his, his uh, international team versus the uh, American team. And, you know, there's a good chance that American team gets cooked, so.
1: <laughs> Somebody who's been in the news the most, obviously, is Antonio Brown. Because we've we've seen a character arc of his that is confusing for some. Would When you see him in the media and see what he's been getting into lately, do you see that as being... A cut and dry CTE case?
22: No, no, absolutely not. And and one of the interesting things is that we see a number of former professional football players. And as we go through early on in that program, we thought this was all going to be about concussion and post-concussion. And what we found is that this is transition in mental health you have these guys who are paid to run in and hit someone, get up, 15, 30 seconds later, do it all over again. And they go and they hit someone. And if they're disrespected during the week or someone gives them a hard time or something like that, they've got practice and they've got the game that's coming up to be able to take out uh some of these emotions that they have. And now all of a sudden, they're out. They're no longer uh playing the game. They have, you know, generally, you know, you don't leave the NFL, the NFL leaves you. So most of these people don't retire on their own. They just are cut and they don't make a team. And now they're having to transition into a world that they really haven't prepared for because they've been playing football since high school. So now they have to figure out how to do these things. So their whole world changes uh, in a moment often. They've got a life, they've got a family, they have everything else. So all of that comes into play with how they react. And these guys have potentially had problems before they got into football. So you know, you've got your, your childhood experiences that, that you're bringing in. So we're all unique individuals. And I don't think that you can go and say, oh, someone's acting up. They said something ugly. They got mad. Oh, it's because they hit their head all the time. It could be. But I don't think you can jump to that conclusion as an automatic.
1: All right, you guys, I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Courtside Club. Next week, we are back with our favorite halftime and buzzer beater moments. And then on Thursday, January 19th, we'll be back with our regular show. Brand new guests for the brand new year. So I hope that you guys are excited for that. Thank you guys so much again for all the support that you've shown Courtside Club. It has been an awesome ride so far. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye.